Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, May 11th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on Ukraine funding. Number two, President Joe Biden latches on to an unlikely figure, Rick Scott. And number three, Fed nom Lisa Cook is going to get another vote. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, We broke the news yesterday afternoon uh, that there was progress here on uh, between House and Senate Democrats with a Ukraine aid package. Here is what to expect. Congress is now going to move forward on a nearly $40 billion aid package for Ukraine. The proposal is $6.8 billion above the White House's $33 billion request. It's more than $3.4 billion more than the Biden administration sought for military aid, plus another $3.4 billion in additional humanitarian aid. House and Senate appropriators spent the last week privately negotiating the proposal, but a big number here and a lot of progress. Well, the big thing that everything you said is true, Anna, so that's a good start, but let's start with that. So that is a big number. There you number. go. Yeah, that we are true news this morning, as we are every morning. Um, here's, here's the thing. Um, for the last couple weeks, Democrats were unclear about how they were going to pass this money. So the White House asked for $33 billion uh, for Ukraine, and Senate Democrats and House Democrats, Nancy Pelosi, backed a plan to twin the um, Ukraine aid and nearly $20 billion in COVID aid that the administration wanted. Why? Because like nothing passes. So you got to take advantage of um, the opportunity when it pre- presents itself. So, um, but the, the, the Democratic leadership had been kind of um, unclear about how they were going to do it. So yesterday, when we broke this news that um, the White House was th- that the the leadership was going to back splitting them up, uh, that was a win for Mitch McConnell, who had been at advocating for that ad nauseum over the last couple of weeks. So um, McConnell's whole thing was just like split these two things up, get Ukraine the aid it needed. And uh, we'll deal with COVID later. Why? Because this was always the way this was going to go, it seemed, because the Republicans are not going to let COVID aid go without a vote on Title 42, that pandemic era policy that um, uh, slowed migration at the at the southern border. The administration has lifted that and um, Republicans are against that. So, I mean, we are now as a country, just piling money into Ukraine. I mean, just piling money into Ukraine. It is, as we note this morning, I mean, it is like uh, $50 billion over the last, over the last couple months. Um, It's just a huge, 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 huge amount of money that the, that our, that the America has given to Ukraine. But it's interesting because the administ- because the congressional Republicans have decided to kind of stake their fortunes on splitting up these two things and uh, not on the number. But what what this means now is what the hell happens to the COVID money? I mean, COVID money is nowhere, and um, there are legitimate reasons to keep funding COVID. I mean, there are legitimate reasons. We the the 
administration says they're going to run out of money for therapeutics. That's, you know, Paxlovid and all these other pills that help um, uh, mostly older folks and immunocompromised folks with COVID. There, the tests, which, you know, municipalities and the government gives out for free. And vaccines, which remember, uh, if you don't have your vaccine, you should get one, is our view. But, um, you know, they're free. And, and we're running out of money, and Schumer has made the point um, that if another wave comes, we need money. We need money to buy these things. So now there is no deadline for this. So what the hell is Congress going to do? I don't know the answer to that. There, there's going to be a new round of talks between the big four that Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. But, you know, we spoke to Republicans yesterday, including John Thune, who basically said, you know, our appetite is relatively limited when it comes to to COVID money. And um, even, even Mitt Romney said, you know, just put my bill on the floor. Remember, Mitt Romney has negotiated so far a package. He's the only, he, he had a package with Chuck Schumer a couple months ago that kind of fell by the wayside. So, you know, it's going to be another fight here for Republican for for Congress when it comes to COVID funding. And this is amid a fight over um, uh, the USICA, the CHIPS bill, and a whole host of other things. As we inch, Anna, we're in, it's May. We are now, what, less than six months from Election Day. So uh, things only get harder as Election Day near, get, draws closer. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, there's also not a market, you know, forcing mechanism. Right? That's the Congress big problem. Usually... <laughs> only acts when they have they're up against a deadline and democrats are in a pretzel here right they can't figure out what they are going to want to do on title 42 republicans have been pretty clear on this for for months now right or at least weeks that this title 42 was something they want to vote on the problem for joe biden and for chuck schumer is the fact that there's a lot of democrats uh, border Democrats, Democrats in the midterms in the Senate that are not with them when it comes to this Title 42 amendment. And so, uh, you know, I think that at some point... They can't stop it. Correct. But the, but the, the point. The they point, actually can't stop it. But the point it. is this, is that they are going to have to figure out, can they stomach a Title 42 vote or do they need COVID money more, right? I mean, there's, there, there, it seems to me that this is where this is going down. And at some point, they're going to have to to say, okay, th- you know, today is the day we got to move forward with this or not. I mean, there doesn't seem to be another way forward, at least now. So the negotiations continue. But as you say, you know, at some point, the rubber hits the road. If, they, if the administration really truly believes they need COVID money um, for all of the stated reasons that you said, you know, and you laid out clearly, they're going to have to, you know, potentially have a, a vote on this Title 42. It's it's kind of, it, it's pretty simple in, in my mind. I mean, I think that oftentimes things get pretty mucked up here in Congress, but um, it, it doesn't seem to me to be that difficult of a, of a situation. It's just whether or not they have, they're going to be able to, you know, stomach or be willing to, to have have that vote to happen. Yeah, there's like Nancy Pelosi has been pretty clear about this. There's basically no chance uh, she's been clear privately, as we've reported. It's going to be very difficult for Congress to stop a um, a Title 42 vote. I mean, Mitch, uh, uh, Mitt Romney said yesterday, whether it's at a 60 vote threshold or a 50 vote threshold, it's going to pass. 
Um, there are pro and he's probably right on that. I mean, there probably are 10 Democrats who would vote to reverse the Biden administration's Title 42 rules. So um, I guess the best thing that the administration could do is just is just let it happen <laughs> from a strategic point of view, not talking about a policy point of view. Um, it's It would pass the Senate. It would probably pass the House at this point, I would guess, uh, given the narrow margins over there. So, um, yeah, uh, it's it's difficult, Anna. I, and it's going to be something. Obviously, we're going to be covering it ad nauseum over the next couple of months. Um, next couple of weeks, months, however, however long it takes. But uh, so anyhow, uh, just more action for us to cover. Let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Uh, President Joe Biden taking aim at Senator Rick Scott. Once again, uh, the president has kind of invoked a new sharp tone against Republicans recently and found a foil in uh, Senator Rick Scott, whose 11-point plan calls for all Americans to pay some income tax to have skin in the game, even if a small amount. Currently, over half of Americans pay no income tax. Obviously, this was that plan that uh, was derided by many Senate Republicans, including Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. But nevertheless, Biden set to talk about inflation today. It is going to also turn his attention back to Scott. Yeah, um, uh, Scott has been a useful foil for this administration. His plan, uh, as you kind of noted, his plan um, that he put out, much to the chagrin of, of Mitch McConnell and other Senate Republicans, does raise taxes or suggests that that poor folks should be should pay more taxes, uh, and that um, uh, every couple of years, uh, every five years, social programs like Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security should be up for renewal. Um, this was incredibly unpopular among the top ranks of Republicans. Mitch McConnell kind of uh, uh, took a big shot at it during a news conference in response to a question from Brez, actually. This is exactly why. Um, uh, in an election that Republicans want to be all about Joe Biden, Joe Biden has found this easy um, uh, uh, punching bag on the on the right in Rick Scott. And, I, you know, I would be... Uh, uh, you know, it's it's just not a it's not a great look for Senate Republicans. I mean, we've seen Anna, you and I covered uh, back in the day when Paul Ryan's um, uh, plan to revamp social programs like Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security came up for uh, consideration. Let's say during the election, I believe that was 2012 and even 2014. Uh, they use that against Republicans in every race. You know, remember pushing granny off the cliff. That's what we're seeing here. And I'm not, I don't think this has a big dispositive impact on the 2022 midterm elections, but it does give something for Democrat, Democrats to talk about. Let's move on to the number three story of the morning. We've been talking about these nominations for uh, quite a while. Um, Fed nom, Lisa Cook, looking to get another Senate vote. Uh, this is the Michigan State University professor who is up for a seat of the Federal Reserve's Board of Governors. Senate Democrats going to try again today, Jake, with all 50 Senate Democrats in attendance for the first time in several weeks and Vice President Kamala Harris on standby in case of a tie vote. Cook is expected 
expected to make history today as the first black woman confirmed to serve in this post. Uh, It's the latest chapter, which we've been talking about for a while with this battle between Biden and Senate Democrats to approve a slate of noms for the Fed. Uh, Republicans already derailed Sarah Bloom Raskin's nomination over her criticism of the fossil fuel industry. Um, It also looks like uh, Jay Powell could be getting a vote soon, right? Yeah, this is uh, uh, the Fed, you know, with inflation high, the Fed doesn't have a full slate of, of governors. That's a that's kind of a problem for the Fed. This has been something they've been wrestling with for a while now. Um, looks like they're going to get <laughs> they're going to begin to get some of these folks through. That is a welcome sign for uh, for the Fed and for Joe Biden. And uh, and, you know, Jay Powell still I mean, it's crazy. Jay Powell hasn't been confirmed for his new for his new um, uh, term. But Lisa Cook, who is the uh, uh, is going to get a seat on the Fed, Federal Reserve, is going to get a seat now because now we have Chris Murphy and Ron Wyden, two Democratic senators who were out with covid last week back. Michael Bennett of Colorado uh, also back this week, according to um, uh, Senate Democratic leadership, they don't expect any. Um, they don't expect any uh, absences this week. So that's a uh, it, it's time to get moving on the Fed nominees. And uh, it looks like the leadership's going to do that this week. All right. And just a quick reminder that it is primary day today. Today features primaries in West Virginia and Nebraska and will be a test for former President Donald Trump. Uh, he has been playing in quite a few of these races, including in Nebraska, where he has backed Charles Herbster, a wealthy farmer who has been accused of groping a number of women, including a state senator. Trump has stood by him. Voters will also be choosing a replacement for GOP Representative Jeff Fortenberry, who resigned from Congress after being caught lying to the FBI over an illegal campaign donation. So, Jake, a lot to watch there, which we will be reporting on uh, tomorrow to see how those races fare and who wins and how Trump does with that. Thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.